0: Welcome to Psychic Girls Next Door. We are your hosts, Lily Hiberino
1: and Shannon Miller. This podcast is for all spirituality enthusiasts and psychics next door to share tools, experiences, and spiritual practices that align with your highest vibrational self. And on this episode, we will be
0: talking about creating and managing the energy of prosperity and abundance. So abundance is a universal principle and it is present everywhere. It is the energy of unformed substance, the cause of more than enough of whatever you can imagine as possible. And then prosperity is the specific physical form. So the effect from the abundance principle. So basically, abundance and prosperity is just energy. And that's what we're going to be um, expanding on. And we also would like to share, you know, how, how that uh, impacted our lives and our beliefs. And uh, I mean, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around abundance and prosperity. Um, you know, because I grew up in a developing country. My grandparents were refugees. So they were immigrants and they came with nothing. So I already came from this <laughs> lack mentality and that also that you have to work really hard Mm. to like to make any money to the point that you have sacrificed yourself
1: yeah that's a good narrative that you've shifted
0: yes right and uh and that's kind of what's been running in my family so it became almost this like generational belief so it just gets passed on from family member to family members, and my family also, uh, they, I guess they all kind of adopted that mentality too, but I grew up in a pretty middle-class family. We, I mean, I, really I can't complain about like being uh, in this position where we didn't have enough because I think my dad, and I came from this background when my dad worked and my mom was a homestay mom. Mm -hmm. So he was the one that brought in, you know, income. And uh, he worked really hard. He worked like for the same company for like, decades you know he's like from that generation yeah what did he do he was a civil engineer oh wow yes and my dad he managed uh roads like across the state
1: that's amazing yeah
0: so he used to travel a lot uh to uh, supervise and you know just manage like road construction or in you know, a road like inspection or remodeling things like that so he was always traveling yeah uh but uh so we grew up You know, we never, we always had everything we needed. Our parents were able to always, like, provide for us. And, uh, but there was always that, um, you know, when you have family members that have a better lifestyle.
1: Oh, yeah. There's always
0: that comparison. Like, oh, they're able to go to Disney, right? Like, when I lived, like, in Brazil, and we're like, oh, but we don't have enough money for that. Mm -hmm. So, it was always this comparison of would some have more than others but um and also we have also this religious energy of like you have to be humble
1: oh be
0: humble so you can't like be too flashy and uh, this happens with others so it's always like others you know that are in this um kind of in this uh mentality not us right because we're very humble people and that's how we show up and so I lived in this lack mentality for a long time. Right. I think up to like the time that you and I met.
1: That's I, wild. That's a long time. It's a
0: long time. It's pretty much almost my life.
1: But, right. Well, yeah. Right. Like if you're running on information for such a long time and it's usually your parents' information and their parents and, you know, their parents before that generational information, Uh, it can be in your space and you may not even realize that you've been running off of that.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like an unconscious belief, you know. So I was like, I was always in survival. I think even from the time where I moved to the U.S. too, it was almost like uh, trying to make money today so I could eat tomorrow. Mm. And that would have sometimes I would eat like once a day so I could have like enough money to last for the week. So I've been through some really shitty (laughs) situations (laughs) is part of my french yeah but um yeah but i lived in a lot of this sort of like a victim mentality too like it usually uh, goes hand in hand yeah right survival and victim mentality like what is this thing's happening to me i cannot make enough money so it's always
1: this like this lack right right always the lack and if you say i can't make enough money you won't Make enough money, yeah, because you're affirming that, right,
0: right. So that's kind of how my my background influenced how I live for so many years. But what about you, Shannon?
1: Yeah, uh, I just talked to my parents today, so I want to be as mindful (laughs) as I can. They listened. My mom listened to episode three, so you know it wasn't that bad of the conversation. Um, But I grew up middle class as well in Antioch. Um, in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, super deep East Bay, if you're familiar with East Bay, for anyone listening. And I grew up in um a relatively safe neighborhood until about the early thou, Then it got a little ghetto, and then a lot ghetto, and like shootings are in our neighborhood, multiple, you know, multiple gunshots every night, that kind of environment. But, you know, it adds character. You can take the girl out of the hood but you can't take the hood out of the girl uh you know my joke to myself for growing up in Antioch and hey anyone who grew up there gets it so uh growing up in a middle class suburbia type of you know neighborhood um I think I was very aware that we didn't have money for like extra things or my grandma would pay for it uh, my mom's mom would definitely like take us to TJ Maxx all the shop all the time and go shopping. And, you know, we would do like extra things with my grandma. And we I think we saw her like once a month. They my mom grew up in Moraga. And my mom grew up pretty like middle to like, you know, comfortable. Like I wouldn't say they were like rich, but they were comfortable. Um, my grandma didn't work, uh, and my my grandpa was a contractor, like a, like a, he built housing developments. So he was like pretty well off, but he died when my mom was like 22. So he died really young. Um, And so like my, I don't know how, I don't know how my grandma did it, but either way they were comfortable their entire lives. And um, it's interesting that you bring up this concept of comparing to other family members, because my Uh, mom's eldest sister is a nurse and she was married to a pharmacist so they always had money they lived in a beautiful house like a huge home in in Clayton on the outskirts of like you know Concord and this like you know private court and uh, then my mom's middle sister is a hair uh, stylist so she's a cosmetologist hustler like through and through like getting that dollar every day and then my mom she worked part time as a special education aide which is such an honorable career and so she was able to get in but she always had like she was like a, a travel agent and she you know didn't go to college both my parents my dad got his aa in i think business administration and he owned his own business he was a landscape uh, ar- architect so he designed people's backyards he designed gas station um, areas and then eventually uh, when he got Uh, a job at the college I went to in the East Bay it was like he like made it he had a real salary he had benefits Uh, we always had benefits like healthcare through my mom's job but it was definitely I think at like five or six I was very early on made aware of how much money we did or didn't have and emphasis on like didn't have because there were activities like I wanted to learn how to ice skate you know things like that are um but i never did and uh you know i maybe one day i'm i'm not that old i can still learn i can go and i can now afford it on my own um, but these are
0: things that kind of stay with you they
1: do stay with you like it's always that thing
0: well they can have it but how come I can't
1: right right like if abundance is like free-flowing why isn't free if free-flowing for us
0: why does it why do we have to work so hard right to right. have this type of abundance
1: right and as soon as I got a as soon as I like could drive or get a job I got a job uh and I paid I bought my own clothes in high school um I mean, my mom would buy our really two, probably two expensive prom dresses, to be quite honest. But she would buy like, you know, special occasions, stuff like that. But it like I remember one year, I think like Christmas gifts were really slim. And we like my mom would go like she would save up all year to like buy like fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars worth of Christmas gifts, which is not a lot of money, if you think about, like, if you are in a well-off position, but she would save literally all year for us to have Christmas gifts, which was amazing. Wow! But it's, it like, look at all that time, uh, having to save up for a year and plan ahead, um, where a lot of people, you know, they can just go out and buy it tomorrow, and they don't even have to think twice about it, or, you know, they don't have, have to put it on a credit card. Uh, and I remember... My parents never thought about anything, but they would have discussions uh, around Same. money. Yeah.
0: Same. I heard my parents to not only discuss, but they would argue. Interesting. About money in front of me as a child.
1: Oh, yeah. You take that in.
0: Absolutely. It becomes like uh, you become part of it. Yeah either like consciously or unconsciously it mm-hmm. just stays with you because it's it part of you thinks you're responsible for that too right, right even though like you're not like looking as a child like there's nothing to do with you but you i thought at times like oh because i asked for that toy yeah it was maybe a little too expensive or because i wanted that
1: dress mm-hmm. and uh, it became like my narrative so you become guilty yeah yeah you become you have those feelings of like oh Maybe I shouldn't have like asked for that or, and I think I stopped really being the one to ask for a lot of things as soon as I became at a young age aware of like how much we did or didn't have, um, because I always felt like I could entertain myself regardless of like, you know, whether I had something or not, like with my babysitting money, I saved up to buy my, my first bass guitar when I was 13. And like, I think my dad helped me with like part of it. Um, so I never felt like, you know, th- there were things of course that we couldn't afford and it was just like, it, 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 was what it was, right? Like you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You can't mm-hmm. live beyond your means. And, uh, we always had food on the table. Uh, we always had, you know, felt warm. We had pets growing up. We could feed them. Like it was a very like comfortable home environment. So I feel very grateful for that. But there were like those, when you look outside of your family unit and you see what other people have and you see like them going to Disneyland, right? Or going on lavish vacations. And like, we went on a cruise when we were 12 to Mexico and it was fun, but we didn't go. And I would say that's a real vacation, but we would do like local, you know, trips rather, like maybe Tahoe once a month, or once a a weekend, like for 4th of July every year. That was like our annual family vacation. And then, um, because we had, my dad had friends who lived up there and like knew people who owned a house, uh, especially when I was really young. And then uh, we didn't take like our first like lavish family vacation until my, my grandma died. And a year later, we went to Hawaii as a family. And my mom probably spent way too much money on that trip, but it was amazing. And I'm like, wow, like this feels like what people you know, I had never felt like what it was like to go on vacation until like I was 16 besides like smaller trips, like, and not to say, and I don't want to victimize myself in any way. I had a great life growing up and very comfortable in, you know, you made it work. Right. But when you get that experience of like, oh, this is how the other half lives, you know, like that saying, um, And it was a very fun vacation. And it just made me realize, like, I really like this. I want more for myself.
0: And then you kind of think to yourself, like, wait, I can have this too. Right. So it's almost like you step into the space where you think, like, only the VIP people at a a very selective club that can have access to that. But then you realize that you also uh, have the right or permission to have the same things, if not even more right. than that. And I didn't even tap into that concept until later in life, right? Because I always thought that things like that uh, were very limited, right? It only—it's ha- only like available to a few people, like
1: scarcity pictures. Yeah,
0: yeah, very much. So I always thought, well, because they have wealthy parents, mm-hmm. um, they're lucky. Right. And those type of beliefs, right? So there's like a, you know, certain people that deserve to have that. And uh, because they went to this and this school. So that's why they have, they, like, what they have. So I always like was trying to like justify in my mind
1: mm-hmm.
0: why they were in you know, in this wealth, and I was not, but I also like, I think the way that I shifted um, my beliefs was also how I looked at abundance, because it's not only about money, right? Right. Abundance is just like, just this realization that it's, there's an unlimited source of everything that we need, or we could ever want. And, uh, and for me, that changed everything, that there's enough for everyone, and I think when you look at the world's uh, current situation, and there's also this always this lack, mm-hmm. right? Always this lack. No, this is just uh, for select few people. You cannot have it like education, food, and all types of stuff. And uh, and for me, I started like to transcend those limiting beliefs. I'm like, right. no, I'm like, I am also going to start uh, bringing more of this energy into my space and that shifted a lot of my energy how even like I brought in more flow you know of abundance and prosperity and for me abundance it's also about um, creative energy mm-hmm. when you're into, you're able to create things there's abundance because you create and you're also able to make money out of it maybe, create opportunities, create connections. So creativity, synchronicities for me, it's also abundance too, because it kind of all comes together. And for me, it's just this flow, like a flow of energy.
1: Yeah. I think I realized I had limiting beliefs around abundance when I read The Secret. Yeah, they talk a lot about it. Yes. And it called me out so hard. Like, I can't even tell you like who which quote it was but it's the chapter or the section on like manifesting abundance in your life and I read I had done the clairvoyant training program we did and my thing was like trying to find a boyfriend like you know that was my priority and like of course like shifting other personal development things in that program it was uh and also shifting money because money and love are very highly correlated right like your beliefs about yourself and and what you deserve, uh, from a self-love and self-care perspective that can translate into being able to manifest abundance, whether it's money or resources or connections, all of it is, is, I think it's very, very tied together. Uh, and there's some people, because I would always question like, well, like how, how do people like find love and how do people get rich? Like I'll always be like, focus on the how. And what's interesting when I read The Secret, they were like, you can't focus on the how, and that was like, you just have to trust. You have to trust that it's going to happen, and you have to believe. And you and the whole concept in The Secret is like, you have to feel good to manifest. And I was not feeling good for years, like such a negative person to myself. Uh, I probably was my harshest critic and that had a lot to do with me getting jobs that only paid a certain amount of money. When I first started working in the city, I made only like $36,000 a year or something Mm -hmm. like
0: that. No, 34. Even the salary is limiting. Yeah. Because you probably like you set the limit for yourself. Right. Kind of almost unconsciously. Well, this is, this is what I deserve. This is what I deserve. And this is, As much as I
1: can get. This was all I can get. Mm -hmm. This is all I can get. Literally, that was my narrative for a long time. And then I got a little bit more money when I got promoted or shifted to a new job, then a little bit more. But for, I think for the, you know, not until a couple of years ago, I started something really shifted. And I think it was when I read The Secret. And it was like, you have to really tap into what are your most critical thoughts about yourself in regards to scarcity, uh, limiting beliefs, uh, anything related to something that's going to bring you down, right? Like self negative self-talk and then shift that. Understand like, why am I talking to myself like this? Why am I believing these things? And then it, once you figure out what that is, then you can shift the energy and, start to create your own narrative what is your own information because most of the time it's information from other people whether it's your parents society something you picked up from a movie when you were younger like you can tell by our stories
0: oh yeah right just by listening to our stories how those things they are so ingrained in ourselves it becomes our almost our identity right in a way uh my identity was also that oh I can't have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not worthy of receiving, you know, better things or having better opportunities. So then you never did. And then you never do because you limit yourself in that energy. So my energy was also is the same. Mm-hmm. Same. So that, and again, like where you focus your energy and your attention, this is what you're going to end up manifesting in your life. So if you focus in lack, Oh, I can't have it. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve it. And all this like lack mentality, you're going to receive lack.
1: Right. Or situations that mm -hmm. make you experience lack.
0: Yeah. And I know it's sometimes it might be easy for us to talk, well, just focus on abundance, you know, because I know it's not as simple as that. But I think that just starting by just noticing. Where do you limit yourself when you are talking about abundance or you're talking about money? What is your relationship with that? If you think, let's say, for example, when you think about maybe making 10K more than you do now, how do you feel if you feel fear about it? Because if fear comes in, then
1: there is a good indication that you in lack. Right. Or is there a, an initial instant thought? Of like, oh, that'll never happen. Right. Yeah. So you're already
0: setting the path to go in that direction. So and then you kind of get you stay in this lack of energy. But I think also something else that for me was uh, really and I still work on it uh, up to these days is receiving. Right? Permission Be- to receive. Permission to receive because abundance and prosperity, because it's energy, so it's a give giving and taking, giving and, and receiving. It. So it's because it's constant flow. And for a long time, and I think I want to say like society in general, right? I mean, it's all about giving. And like especially I work as a caregiver. So mm-hmm. it's always about giving to others, putting others first, and then and then I started to think about but wait. I want to receive it too. Right. But I never gave myself myself permission to receive because, and again, you have all those limiting beliefs behind that. But I think as I start opening up more to receive things, when people will give me things, I'm like, okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yes, thank you. I will receive, you know, with an open heart. Because as I started receiving, I started moving this energy. And things just start flowing more and more. And, uh, and once you start tapping into that, you want more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yes, let's, let's just keep, let's keep the ball rolling too. But I think also, uh, another great way to focus, shift your energy a little more into abundance. It's look into gratitude. As you've mentioned, what do you have right now that you can be grateful for your body? oh, we're listening to this podcast on a computer, right? on your phone. Be grateful for that. So just start acknowledging and appreciating because then you start bringing more of that
1: into your life. I fully agree with you. And when I read, I'm going to bring up The Secret again, but when I read The Secret, it is about being grateful for what you have. And I realized like I have so much to be grateful for my health, my family, my friends, my my cat Zoe. She's my soul cat. Like whatever you feel grateful for. And look at all these things. They're not related to money at all.
0: Right. It's either people experiences uh, or whatever it is that brings you joy. Doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the dollar bill or Mm -hmm. whatever currency that you use. But I think it's a lot. It's a state. It's an energetic state yeah. that you kind of put yourself in and you can always decide every day you make choices. You can make a choice to be in lack or you can make a choice to be in abundance. So experiment being more in abundance. Just kind of start tapping into that and just notice how things they start shifting.
1: You'll just like see it and you may not like see it right away, but you'll you'll feel it. I felt it internally at first. I feel like I was constantly anxious, and as soon as I changed my narrative about being anxious about where am I going to get the nine, my next dollar, I think for a few years I was in that place, I shifted that energy, uh, and then I read The Secret. So I think I did a little bit of both, right, and each thing, but I had my ha- aha moment right something shifted in you yeah massively shifted well it's interesting because for me
0: books also helped Mm -hmm. in this transition but i i also decided to educate myself on financial management Mm. because i had no idea how to manage my money yeah like i had no budget i spent way more than a than what i made so for me it's also taking action yeah and, oh my gosh, and I dreaded that. Oh yeah, you, know, you have to face yourself. Yeah, you face yourself, you you face your own issues. And uh, and I was like, you know what? I need to educate myself and start really organizing my finances. So for me, it was taking small steps, just like downloading this online budget planner, reading books. So I also recommend two books. One is uh, Smart Girls Finish Rich. If you are, if you want more information on, you know, how to improve your finances. And the other one is I'll teach you to be rich. And actually, I heard about those books on a podcast. So I just want to pay it forward. So if this brings you more information and more insight, I hope this brings you, you know, more abundance to you and hopefully it will flow into your life. And uh, but we also have immense gratitude for each one of you listening to us. But thank you so much for listening, joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, and we'll see you on our next
1: episode. Thank you so much from the Psychic Girls next door. Bye-bye.